Praise God. It is an awesome day today, and uh, we're in part three of our Courage series. Um, God consistently encourages us in His Word throughout it to be strong and courageous. And I don't, I don't know if you realize it, but every, every stage of your life <laughs> demands courage. I mean, the, the different challenges that we have changes from, from each stage that we go through. And at a certain point, you start getting like me, and it takes courage to roll out of the bed without pulling a, <laughs> pulling a muscle. Uh, But every stage of life uh, demands courage. And it doesn't matter what stage of life we find ourselves in, even, even or what condition we find ourselves in as followers of Christ. We do not have to approach any stage of life in fear. It is not God's desire. For any of us to walk this life out in fear. That's the reason why. Um, and, and one of the most effective tools that the enemy uses against people and followers of Christ is this tool of fear. And God does not desire that. That's the reason why God consistently tells us all through the Bible things like be strong and courageous. Fear not, for I am with you. No matter what you're going through, the good times, whether you're whether you're in the whether you're in the time of green pastures and still waters, or you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, or it feels like you're sitting at a table with your enemies. <laughs> he says, You don't have to fear. Be strong and courageous. He says stuff like don't worry. We've been learning some principles from different folks in the Bible. The last couple of weeks, we've looked at Joshua and Caleb, a couple of really great examples. And it's not, they're not in your notes, but I'll just give you three or four of what things we've learned in review, just in case you haven't been here. And I encourage you, if you haven't been here, you can go to the website and listen and revamp on that as well as to even study more uh, fully these lives. But we found that courage is not an absence of fear. It's moving forward in spite of fear. Courage is not, it doesn't mean that there's an, we have an absence of fear. It is that we continue to move forward in spite of it. We found that courage doesn't deny the reality of difficulty. It declares the power of God in the face of difficulty. And God calls and he empowers all of us to live courageously. It is awesome that we don't have to just rely on our own strength and our own wisdom to go to navigate through this life. Then the last in review would be courage is experienced when we when we know, we embrace, and we focus on God's primary reason for our being. 
That's how Joshua and Caleb were able to stand in faith even whenever thousands were cowering in fear. They stood in, in faith in the face of fear. So today I want to spend a few minutes and us think about this. Courage in the face of suffering. Courage in the face of suffering. We're going to be focusing for just a few minutes on the life of Paul, and he's a great example of how to face suffering with courage. His life radically changed after he encountered Jesus, and you can read about it in Acts chapter 9, and I just want you ought to read it because it really is a powerful story. But I just want us to look at a couple of verses and let you see um, at the very beginning what God spoke to him. Verse 15, but the Lord said, he had, God had, was telling this guy named Ananias, just a regular guy, uh, just to give you a little bit of background, Saul started being called Paul shortly after he encountered Jesus. Before that, he was persecuting Christians. In fact, in, in the chapter previous to chapter, chapter 8, you see that he was persecuting people that were following Christ to the point to where Whenever, whenever Stephen was stoned, these people that were stoning him laid their coats down at Saul's feet before, thro before stoning Stephen to death for following Christ. So in that, <clears throat> the Lord said to Ananias, who was a, just a regular guy, to go, he said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as the people of Israel. Verse 16. And I will show him how much he must, what? How much he must suffer for my name's sake. First of all, how would you like to be Ananias? <laughs> Saul had been persecuting Christians all the way up, and Ananias is just a regular guy, and all of a sudden he hears from God and says, hey, Ananias, go talk to Saul and tell him that I've chosen him, and we're going to show him how much he must suffer for my sake. Praise God. And then think about... <clears throat> We talked about doing these door hangers. Isn't that, wouldn't that be just a great evangelistic tool to go knock on doors and say, hey, come follow Jesus. He has great things for you. You're going to stand before kings, and you're going to get to suffer. Wouldn't that be awesome? How, how, and then put yourself in Saul's shoes. Some guy comes and tells you, hey, God has his hand on your life. 
He's chosen you. You're going to be standing before very important people. You're going to be used by him in a powerful way. And you're going to get to suffer a lot. How much excitement would you feel about that message? And yet what we need to understand is, if you look in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, yes, and everyone, that includes you, that includes me, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Aren't you glad you came today? This is, don't leave. I mean, if you're online right now, don't turn it off. We're going to be all right. Suffering is experienced from really three primary areas. Suffering from our circumstances. Suffering from people. How many of you ever experienced some of that? And suffering from your health. Paul experienced all three of these, that kind of suffering. From all three areas, he was hit. Look at 2 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and I have been naked. <laughs> Paul had to have been one of those that said, I just can't seem to get a break. Have you ever been at that spot? I think any of us. If you've lived very long, have, have gone through a season where you felt like, I can't even get a break. At one point, Saul said, I mean, Paul said that he prayed intensely three times, God, please remove this suffering from me. And God's response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. It's an important message, even though God was basically saying, my grace, my grace is sufficient. Basically, be strong, be courageous. I'm going to give you the power to over, I'm going to give you the power to overcome whatever suffering you may be going through, no matter if it comes from the weather, no matter if it comes from sickness, no matter if it comes from people, from circumstances, people, or health. He said, you will overcome as my follower. And it's an important message for all of us to receive, to have courage 
as followers of Christ to have courage even in the face of suffering because otherwise our suffering can cause disappointment that leads to discouragement and if it's not handled it can lead to depression and then into disillusionment with God. I've seen it over and over and over again down through the years. And that is not God's plan for any of us. God's plan is for us to be more than overcomers. Amen. Amen. So, go on to your notes now. You're wondering if I was ever going to get to them. Living courageously for Jesus, even in the midst of suffering, ensures God's power and is one of the greatest testimonies of the reality of God to others. Living courageously for Jesus, even in the midst of suffering, ensures God's power and is one of the greatest testimonies of the reality of God. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, it says this. We now have this light shining in our hearts. This is Paul talking. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. In other words, if it hadn't have been for this light that's inside me, I'm just fragile. So this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. He goes on to say, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to, to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. Look, so that, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. So whenever we as followers of Christ, we face, we face suffering courageously. It whenever we do that and stay wholehearted following Him, it ensures the power of God, even though in ourselves it would crush us. But Him in us fills us to the point to where we're not fragile anymore. We're more than overcomers, even through, even no matter what troubles may come our way. And there will be troubles. There will be suffering. We already read the passage that we're going to suffer for his name's sake. Praise God. If we will stand firm with him. He gives us the power. He ensures it. He promises it. And he cannot lie. And as we do that, people will look at us and be saying, how in the world, in the midst of all of that, whenever it seems like they can never catch a break, how is it that they still stand in joy? 
They still have peace. They're not depressed. They're not disillusioned. They're not angry. Praise God. Paul's story shows that shows us that it is possible. And he shows us how to face suffering with courage even whenever suffering seems to be unfair. It's one thing if you suffer because of your own bad decisions. <laughs> and all of us have experienced some of that. It's another thing whenever you whenever you suffer and it's really not your fault. It's kind of like if you were driving down the road and you were texting while you were driving and you ran off the road and you hit a tree and the airbag came and it gave you a couple of black eyes and you ended up bruising your ribs because of the seatbelt whenever you hit so hard, you would say, well, I deserve that. It'd be another, it'd be another thing if you were driving down the road, had your hands at 10 and 2, you had your eyes straight ahead, you were paying, all, uh, paying attention and somebody whipped around you and stopped right in front of you and you hit the back of them and your airbag went off and you had black eyes and you're, you've had bruise. <clears throat> you'd want to, if, if, if your eyes weren't swollen up, you'd want to get out and hit somebody because the suffering would be unfair. We have the promise that whether our suffering comes from bad decisions or suffering that is unfair, that comes from other people in an unfair way or circumstances that seem unfair or whatever, he says you can face the courage, no, you can face the suffering with courage no matter what. I will give you the power to overcome with joy. The joy of the Lord can be your strength in the midst of suffering. Praise God. All right. Here's a great promise. Suffering is a temporary season for every follower of Jesus Christ. Suffering is a temporary season. Even if you experience a whole lot of suffering your entire life, it's a temporary season. For every follower of Christ. And every. Pleasure. Every comfort. Whatever it may be. Is a temporary season. If you don't know Christ. All right. So how did, real quickly, how did Paul face such extreme suffering with courage? We're going to look at just a few verses in Philippians chapter 3 to see some of the, some of the things that Paul knew and he applied and he recognized for him to experience suffering. And Philippians was, it's called, it's called the 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 book of joy. <laughs> even, though, even though Paul wrote this book after extreme suffering and being put in prison, 
He wrote about stuff like rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Over and over again, he talks about joy and he talks about peace. But in chapter, in chapter 3, we'll get there in just a second. Um, he gives us some instruction to experience to experience courage. So Paul, first of all, Paul knew, we'll get to Philippians in a minute. Paul knew that suffering can be very productive. Paul knew that suffering can be very productive. Look at what he wrote in Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory Glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces something. Suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So he knew that Suffering can be very productive. <clears throat> suffering will always, it'll always expose our character. And God can use it to develop our character if we will allow him to do so. In fact, there are some things that can never be learned or developed in your life except through suffering. Doesn't that make you feel good? <laughs> it don't feel good, but it's true. I mean, you don't get a body like I have without some suffering. One of these days, I'm going to have a body like Hank and Chris. I'm, I'm starting to suffer through it a little bit right now. I'll give up on that if I can just get rid of this a little bit. But you don't, you don't experience, there are some things that will never be developed in your life. Whether it be your physical muscles, it's going to take resistance. You're going to experience some soreness. But even more important than that, your character and your faith will never be developed like God wants it to be developed to maturity without some suffering. If you were a boxer and all you did was go in and hit the, work the speed bag and work the body bag, and jump the rope. You can be in shape. You can look like a boxer. Just kind of like what I talked about a few weeks ago. But you don't know how good of a fighter you are. Until you're in the ring. With somebody that's not just a. Not just a speed bag. But you're in there with a situation. And you get hit upside your jaw or in your gut. A couple of times. To say, you don't know how strong your faith is until your faith is tested. And your faith is tested 
not in the good times. You want to grow your faith in the good times. Absolutely. You want to be feeding yourself the word of God. You want to be feeding yourself. You want to be obeying what God said. Because the, whenever the test comes is whenever you find out how strong my faith really is. If it has gone from here, if the knowledge of God's word, the promises of God's word, the warnings of God's word, we'll find out if it's gone from here to here whenever we're in the middle of the fight, the suffering. So he knew that suffering can be very productive in our lives. Second thing is Paul recognized what was most valuable. He recognized what was most valuable. Philippians, now we're in Philippians, and we'll stay in this chapter for the next few verses, the next couple of minutes. Philippians 3, verse 7, it says this, I once thought all of this, these other things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared. It doesn't mean that they, that they don't mean anything. It doesn't mean that everything is unimportant, has no value. But compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ. Paul recognized what was really valuable. Next, Paul knew. Seth, you can come back. <clears throat> Paul knew his primary desire. He knew his primary desire. Verse 10. This, this ver these couple of verses challenge me every time I read them. He said, I want to know Christ. It was his primary desire. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. He wanted to know Christ in such a way where I, I personally, honestly... I want to get here at some point, but I haven't got to this place yet. I would stop right there. But he went on to say, I want to, I want to know him so much that I want to even suffer with him, sharing in his death. So that, or because, I know that. One way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. He knew his primary desire and he embraced his primary desire was to know God more than anything else. I want to know you. Then it goes on. Paul passionately and persistently pursued this primary desire. He passionately and persistently pursued his desire. Verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. 
I know what I desire, but I'm still in pursuit. I hadn't arrived there yet. Or that I've already reached perfection. But I'm passionately and I'm persistently pursuing it. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. I want to know him. And I'm going to pursue that desire. We're talking about having courage in the midst of suffering. He went on to say, and we see that he clarified his focus. Paul clarified his focus. He clarified his focus. Verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I'm not getting distracted with the suffering here and the suffering here. I'm focusing on this. I'm forgetting the past. And I'm looking forward to the future. Isn't that awesome? He clarified his focus. And then lastly, he prioritized the end result. He prioritized the end result. Verse 14. I press on. Listen to me. You're not going to drift to courage. You're not going to drift to maturity. You're not going to drift to this place of faith to where, like with Paul, whenever it seemed like everything is coming this way or that way against you. And it seems like you're suffering from people, suffering from your health, suffering from circumstances. You're not going to drift to faith and courage in that. He said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. God has a promise that your suffering is temporary. And if we will keep our eyes focused on the end result and we will stand encouraged no matter what the suffering be that we may we come against or comes against us. He said, I will give you the power. Even though you, you are weak in yourself, even though it's crushing you in yourself, if you will just Look to me. Focus your desire. Let that be the primary desire is that I want to know Christ. You will experience him in ways that you would never experience him before. More special ways than you would never than you would ever experience him in the, the soft time. Because it doesn't matter if you're by the green, in the green grass, 
still waters are going through the valley of the shadow of death or it feels like you're eating with enemies he said I'm with you and I will empower you and surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and I will dwell Lord, forever. God, we thank you.